Welcome again to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Ben Hunter. I'm here with fellow Booktopian and uh, neurotic book hoarder Shanu. And we are um, just thrilled to be um, back with Christian White, who's uh, got a second book, The Wife and the Widow. Welcome, Christian. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's the coolest thing being back here. So, yeah, <laughs> I won't make you take me for a second tour. But last time I came, I had a whole tour of the, oh, you the, the warehouse. Tour. You've got like giant fan in there that i kind of geeked out over so thank you for having you me you brought cupcakes uh, yeah yeah oh i didn't bring my cupcakes down We've got i cupcakes. have cupcakes we'll, i'll bring them down after this oh. yeah. cupcakes. Yeah. It's, it's, i was you know i wasn't gonna say anything but i was thinking where, where are the cupcakes no no, no. i made cupcakes <laughs> i don't I, I really did no they're, they're literally upstairs wow yeah wow yeah oh, brilliant um you have just skyrocketed um since the nowhere child um picked up after the um vpla mm-hmm. um huge publishing deal and now a second book right on the back of that. Um, can we just get to know you really quickly? <laughs> like- yeah, it's been a pretty crazy... I mean, just just sitting down here, I was just saying uh, that I was here... It was just last year I was back with the first book. And I feel like I... Well, I'm still tremendously nervous, but last year I was really nervous. You know, I was terrified. It was all new. But now I've... Um, I don't know. I, I've learned that everyone in this industry are book nerds like me. So it's kind of pretty easy. Everyone's just nice and supportive. And yeah, it's been great. It's a great industry to work in. Absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about you. You grew up uh, in Victoria, Mornington Peninsula. Yeah, I grew up in Mornington. What was, what was it like? It was, I grew up in a, a very beautiful uh, little corner of Victoria, the Mornington Peninsula. Um, it, it, at the time, I considered it a, a really nice place to visit, but not a place you'd want to live. Uh, now I've recently changed my mind. I'm in, I'm in the process of moving back there actually at the minute. But um, no, it was, it was, it was, it was a beautiful place, a quiet place, a little seaside suburb. But it was also, um, I went to a school that was uh, a little bit rough. Uh, so I was sort of, you know, not the kind of school that you, a, a book nerd kind of is um, celebrated. Uh, so I guess I, I, I think I had a really good childhood, but I think a lot of that time I spent uh, escaping into books. And I think that's right. kind of... Um, uh, that that sort of explains my love for them, I think. So when did uh, you were a, a sort of obsessive reader then? Yeah, ever um, since I was, um, I mean, really little. Uh, I, I, well, my mum would read to me when I was really little, and I kind of got obsessed with storytelling. And I would, uh, I would read, and then kind of just try to plagiarise what whoever I was reading. You know, I look right. back uh, with the Nowhere Child was my fifth manuscript that I actually tried to write the second one I finished and the first one I thought was you know anywhere good enough to to even show anyone but I look back actually just recently I've looked back over all my old work and you can just tell exactly who I was reading at that time because it's a blatant ripoff it's you go okay that's my Kurt Vonnegut phase you know that was my (laughs) Chuck Palahniuk phase it's so it's awful but um yeah so that's what I did I kind of just read obsessively wrote obsessively and um and I don't want to paint a bad picture of the peninsula because it was, it's actually really pretty. And, and what I would do is uh, every day I'd get home from school and just take my dog down to the beach and just kind of imagine, go inward. And it was, um, yeah, it was a beautiful place, a good, a good breeding ground for, for writing, I think. That's good. Um, was, it, was it crime that you were reading then? Or when did crime become your thing? It's weird. Crime, I, I read and continue to read a wide 
yeah, range of books. You know, my, mm-hmm. my, I love Stephen King. I love horror. I love um, thrillers and crime. I love uh, one of my favorite authors is Haruki Murakami. I, I love his stuff. So I read this huge, broad range. Um, but I kind of, it's, it's somewhere along the way I discovered that I was good at writing mystery and thriller. And I don't know why it took me so long I, I, because really if pressed, I think that's my favorite genre, that and horror. And I think that I weirdly, I, I, the, the truth is I didn't think I was smart enough to come up with the twists and stuff like that. It was something, there was this weird barrier that, that was stopping me from um, attempting to write that. So I, I tried to write all these different sort of things, but it wasn't until I really leaned into that genre that I started to see success um, in everything. You know, I, I do a little bit of work for TV and, and film and stuff like that. And all the success I've had is is really around the the thriller um, the thriller horror genre, and I don't know why it took me so long to. It seems very obvious now to write what you enjoy reading, but it took me a long time to figure that out for some reason. I don't know why. Well, Shanu, speaking of enjoying reading, Shanu and I have both read uh, The Wife and the Widow. Um, we were very lucky to get advanced copies. Um, we both loved it. Um, thank God. Thank we, you. <laughs> we were sort of stressing about how how do we sort of approach mm. talking about this book mm. um, without. Um, spoiling the treasure that's inside it's, it. it's a really tricky thing you've got to skirt around uh, I um yeah I've been perfecting it it took me a while I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting good at pitching it now but it took right. me a long time because when I first started doing it I'd say well well okay well there's these two women oh actually but you know you, you've got to you dance around it like that but um yeah uh, you can you can reach a certain point you can talk about it and then and then spoilers begin to drop so what's your 45 second type my 45 now? second is uh I've just said I've perfected it, so now the pressure's on. Yeah. No, it's um, it's a mystery thriller, new standalone book, not connected to The Nowhere Child in any way. Uh, sometimes people ask me, oh, is it a sequel to The Nowhere Child or are you going to do... And I just sort of think that would be all the characters uh, in therapy. So it's yes. nothing to do with The Nowhere Child. <laughs> a standalone mystery thriller about... Uh, it, it's set in a really eerie kind of coastal town, but in the dead of winter. So you know where these tourist towns where they're in some of their... They're bustling, but then everyone goes away and there's these eerie, empty houses and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's set in an eerie town like that um, during the winter. And it takes place from two different perspectives. One is the the wife of a man who goes missing and the other is the wife of a man accused of murder. And it kind of... it. it it's all it sort of explores this theme of how well do we really know the people we love, which is clearly something that uh, I must be interested in because the first book explored that as well, and, and it that was just by accident that this this book explores it as well. Um, and yeah, I think it was inspired. I've been trying to think why am I obsessed with this idea that we don't know. Uh, you know, the, the person who sleeps next to you, we don't, we can never truly know them. Why am I obsessed with it? And I think it's because uh, I know I'm just taking your question and running with it here. So I apologize. <laughs> no, we're uh, happy with that. <laughs> I think it's um, my wife is into, and, and this is explored a little bit in the book. My wife is into amateur taxidermy. And when I discovered that about her, I had this moment like, who the hell is this person that I've decided to spend my life with, you know? And it was this moment where I was, um, she just moved in with me and I was fishing, you know, I was, I was sort of helping her unpack and I was going through the esky oh, that we brought. That. 
and pesky. Yeah, and I found, I mean, in there, there was frozen veggies and ice cream and, and this sort of stuff. But then there was this weird plastic bag that I opened. And she at the time, the yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's really troubling. And she's not, a, she's not a crazy person, I've since learnt, but I did have to get over that. I did think, oh, can I be with a person who, I mean, all the animals die of natural causes, but that raises its own issues because uh, even now we'll get text messages. I got a text message from my friend the other day and it was a question mark and just a picture of a dead bat. That this, she had found a bat uh, below, a, uh, you know, a, a power pole and, and it was a question mark, you know, the insinuation being, does Summer want this? And I have to pass the message along and then some, now she's really picky. So she sort of said, um, well, how, how, you know, can you see maggots? Is it decomposed? It's, it's really weird. Uh, so, but it's, so I think I learned then you can never, ever truly know the people, uh, the, the people you love and, and choose to spend your life with. And I guess, you know, Summer does taxidermy. Some people... Uh, find out their husband is a serial killer or something. So it could be worse. It could be much worse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did actually find that a really interesting uh, part of the book. And I was like, where is this coming from? And that's actually really fascinating to know that it's it's not even made up. Yeah, it's all it. direct. <laughs> when I when I sort of described the workplace or the, her sort of workbench, Bench. one of the characters, yep. I just had to describe what was... What was actually yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been moments where I've come home and there's just... On the kitchen table, mm. there's Summer sitting there with, with sort of, you know, surgical gloves on. And just what looks – maybe this is what it is, but it's sort of like if you imagine a rat but turned inside out. Mm. You know, it, it's just it, – it, it's not do, pretty. Do you keep any, any on display in your house? Yeah, we've got two on display, but they're <laughs> – because she's still, she's still finding she, – you know, she, she's a woman of many, many talents, but, but she's still getting the hang of taxidermy. You know, we, so we have a rat and a bird, and the rat is um, – it's it sort of arms are sort of splayed outwards and it's going bald now for some mysterious reason. And then there's this bird that is taxidermies, but you know, the, the, the object of taxidermy is to, to capture what it looked like in life. In and life, this yeah. just looks like a dead bird. <laughs> it's really gross. It's a, and we have our nieces and nephews come over and they, they play with it. It's really weird. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That is not, so I that's, not that's not a that. Gift that was just a tangent that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Make an odd Christmas present. You know, I, I am imagining, and then there's amateur taxidermy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. there's there's a very big difference. And actually, there's all these. If you Google it, just Google bad taxidermy, and it's um, it's delightful. It's yeah. really. I'm yeah. just imagining what your uh, Christmases are going to be like from now yeah. on. The rest of your family's like, it's actually. Don't worry about a Christmas present. Yeah, this year. yeah. They have this idea. Oh, we'll we'll make our own gifts. Like, let's not, let's not. do that. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of summer, um, both her and yourself have been involved in film. Yeah, filmmaker. Um, you've done screenplays. Uh, you've now come sort of away from that world a little bit, in, you know, strong in the novels. Yeah. Uh, it's two different writing experiences. You know, one is very, you're on your own. You've got an editor, you've got an agent, and then there's waiting. Um, exactly, yeah. filmmaking is much more collaborative and it's got all these kind of creative parameters put on you. You know, you can't do, you can't be this many people in the film, you know. All exactly. How have you adjusted? Well, right now I'm kind of, I'm sort of balancing the both. I'm doing a lot more book stuff, but I, I am sort of balancing, uh, balancing the two worlds. And it's, it's strange because they're, they're, they're really, really, in lots of ways, it's really similar. You know, I, I uh, you know, the way I write books, I um, try to leave every chapter, at the end of every chapter, I imagine going to commercial break, you know, so I try to, you know, so I still infuse a lot of that kind of, I stitch a lot of that, um, that screenplay stuff into books. But on the other hand, it's like you said, it's such a different experience where uh, they're both really fulfilling. But when you write a screenplay, you are, 
you're you're part of something larger and it's not necessarily your voice you're trying to you're adding your voice to it but it's not necessarily your vision you're you're achieving a a collective vision or or a vision for uh, you know other people which those limitations can be really fun you know and, and part of the reason i love working in film and tv is because there's limitations you know the, there's your I think limitations are good for creativity yeah. a lot of the time. Uh, and like you say, sometimes a certain amount of actors, you've got a budget to work to. So you can't say, you can't have a shot of, you know, a, a, from outer space. It's like, well, what, who's going to pay for that, you know? So I think those limitations are great. But and then on the other hand, writing books is, uh, it's, it's, it's still collaborative and it's still much more collaborative than I think I, before I had a book published, before I envisioned, you know, you, you're working with an uh, editor and a publisher and, and these you know, amazing people, but that everyone's working to help achieve your own vision and make you really seem like a better writer, you know? So it's sort of this, um, and it's also a, a finished product where, you know, when you write a script, it's a, it's a, it's a document, you know, this is the, this is a cynical way to state it, but, and I, I, I don't mean it to sound as cynical as, as I'm saying, but it's a document to, to get to the next stage and, and I have other people interpret it. And when you've got a book, it's, it's just this beautiful finished thing and it's um so i think it's yeah that's why i seem to be tending to to go a little bit more toward the book world it's a good problem to have to to you know go between yeah, the two, between the two. <laughs> yeah i the, i asked the question because um yeah i got to the end of the book um and i was like oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reaction i want this is enormous twist um which i didn't see coming charlie didn't see coming excellent so it worked good good and I, and I often see the twists coming excellent so this was i don't fantastic. <laughs> and it was actually very interesting because we saw it at different points oh a couple of talk about yeah, that's, yeah a couple of people have said that and i mm. that was a happy accident and now we're being super vague yes. but it's that's the dangers of talking but yes. but it's that's very interesting yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it got to the end of this book i'm like Whoa. um and then there's uh this note from yourself to the reader um and which are really candid if you're listening don't read this note don't go to the end and read this no. note. Yeah, read the book first. yeah <laughs> um you're really candid about the struggle of writing the book um and you know this idea of knowing the the feeling you wanted to elicit with um with what you, the project um but not knowing how to get there and it, and then how this novel became a really collaborative project between yourself and your wife, and between um, your publisher and your editor. Yeah, and I just thought that that sounds like that kind of filmmaking, scriptwriting world where you're going between these different parties. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and uh, you know, writing the second book, you know, it was such a blessing to have the first book be so popular. But the the other side of that is. Uh, you've actually got an audience. When I wrote the first book, I, I assumed no one would ever read it, you know, so it was this freeing kind of, yeah. Yeah, who cares what happens? And now knowing people would read it, I um, I kind of got in my own head for a little bit there for a while. And I, I for, for a period, I thought, oh, this is going to expose me as the fraud I really am, you know, this imposter syndrome thing. And then, but somewhere along the way, I, I switched out of that. And, and part of that was just, yeah, reaching out and, um, my my wife Summer is she's an amazing storyteller. So she, she's really an incredible resource in my life. And what I do with so many of these things, excuse me. And again, I'm going to have to be a little vague, but I knew what I wanted to achieve, but I didn't really know how to get there. And I I just 
our summer and it was in a walk and and she was just kind of quiet and then she just came up with it all and in this moment you know and it's uh and it annoyed me because it was she was spot on yep. a genius that it, it would have taken me another six months to get there myself and so yeah it was just this sort of process of um you know leaning on other people and i think that uh it, it, i think novel writing is really collaborative i think and i think every novel is really collaborative and i think that there's this weird thing where this this kind of idea that we should keep the mystery of it and we should be a bit more we should pretend we're geniuses when we're not i mean i'm, I'm the furthest thing from a genius you know so i think that i i just like being open and honest about how uh, you know you have you you have, someone says something nice about your book which is amazing but it's like well yeah the editor made me sound better and 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 my wife came up with this great idea that i included and i kind of just like the idea of being a bit more uh honest Working and open yeah. yeah if summer and i ever divorce so she will have an <laughs> ironclad case against me because she she <laughs> absolutely yeah. came up with the ending to this book yeah i just got a million other little details uh a bit but yeah that's she's annoyingly talented like that it's, it's, it's yeah it's rubbish <laughs> um What's your writing routine like? Uh, do you set yourself goals or do you work in a specific location? How do you do it? What's your I, yeah, I work, um, uh, work from home. Uh, you know, we, we've every now and then toy around with the, the idea of getting an office, but I like the freedom not to sort of shower until 2 p.m. <laughs> and I've showered before I got here today, uh, just FYI. Uh, but, you know, I, I, my work desk is about, you know, 15 feet from my bed and I have a dog with separation anxiety. So she just sort of hangs out with me and I'll usually, I usually get up quite early uh, and I'll do, do a, a, an hour or two of work before uh, my dog sleeps in and my, so, you know, and when I say sleep in, you know, Izzy, her, the, my dog's name is Izzy in summer will wake up at, you know, eight-ish or something. And I would have already been up for an hour or two by then. And I find that I get really good work done in the morning when no one else is around. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll sort of be at my desk for most of the day. You know, I, I leave to take the dog for a walk and I step out for lunch sometimes and, and I might do the dishes and I go for another afternoon walk. But I'm kind of at my desk all day, but I'm certainly not writing all day. I probably write for um, three or four hours a day and the rest of the time I am, you know, quote unquote researching. I, hopefully I'm researching quite often. I just, I'll open YouTube to research something right. and yep. it knows me so well. And, and I'll, I'll open it to be, to be, okay, I'm going to quickly watch this video to learn about this thing. And then it'll pop up, you know, Bigfoot caught on trail cam. And I'm like, well, I have to watch that now. And then it's, then I'm done for an hour, you know? Um, but no, I do, I do have quotas as well. So I have, um, it's kind of complicated, but depending on what stage. So if I'm doing a first draft, it will be 1500 words a day. Uh, and I don't always hit it and often I'll go over it, often I'll go under it. So I'm not too strict. Uh, but if I'm rewriting something, I'll usually get a little bit more done because the hard part is yep. is done. Uh, and the other thing is, um, yeah, and, I, and I'm also sort of not super hard on myself if I don't reach it. But this other thing that I learned um, uh, from a writer years ago, he told me, uh, actually Summer's dad um, was a, I'm just talking about Summer the whole time, uh, but her dad was this. The dog came into it. The dog came into it a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, but her dad was this prolific screenwriter in the 70s and 80s. He wrote all his great schlocky horror films like um long weekend and razorback oh, and patrick wow. and all that yep. sort of stuff and i was talking to him he, he sadly passed away now but once he said he, he would write every day uh weekends uh, which i do as well i just it's just habit i enjoy it but he said 
the trick that he uses is every day when he finishes, he stops right before a scene that he's excited to write. So that uh, really, if there's any writers out there listening, that really just gets you excited for the next, next day. day. Uh, yeah, but but my my that's my routine. Monday to Friday, I'm in front of my desk, and Saturday, Sunday, I still uh, I'm always do a couple of hours writing a day, but mostly because I just I I love it. You know, the the, the hard part is getting your stuff out there, but the actual craft I really really enjoy. Yeah, that's fantastic because not all writers feel that way. I know a lot of the writers just actually hate that process of um, doing the doing the writing. Doing yeah, the exactly. Some people yeah. um, hate it, uh, and I've had authors say that to me. Oh, I hate writing. And it's like, oh well, you know, go. On. You don't have to do this. You can. Do you anything. can if you'd be happier somewhere else. By all means, you know. Um, but yeah, it is. It is difficult for it, it, everyone's got their own process, I guess. But um, I, I, the part that's difficult for me is. And I think partly this is why it took me so long to get published because the part for me was always showing people my things. It's that next step, which is almost more important than the writing itself. So that's where I, uh, that's where I fall down. <laughs> Can I ask a hard question? Yeah. How do you feel this one's going to be received in comparison to Nowhere Child? I, I was, for a long time, I was really terrified about it. And now I think... You know, it doesn't, it's, uh, when we're recording this, it comes out tomorrow, you know, as uh, so far though, a lot of people have read advanced copies and a lot of people have told me it's better than the first book. And that would, that would be my dream for people to say, uh, cause you know, and I've done this in the past, you know, we love to say, oh, it's not as good as his first book. Uh, and I'm sure that will happen as well, but ideally, Ideally, I want people to enjoy it more than the first one, or if they've not read the first one, be inspired to go back there. And I, because I kind of want it uh, yeah. to achieve that. I, I want every book to be a little bit better in some way, um, but who knows if it'll be. So far, so good. So I far, don't people think are liking got it. Too much to worry about. <laughs> oh, good finger. Look, I wasn't fishing, but thank you for saying. <laughs> well, that, but that absolutely worked for me because as soon as I read this, I'm like, okay, now I need to go and read read, read I the love first that. book. So, I love uh, that. This is a good second book. We'll draw. So many readers back to the first one. Fingers crossed. It's a really tricky one. Um, and it's funny because I've been asking every author, because my mind's been in the second book, every author I talk to, I say, geez, the second book was tricky. You know, you're wrestling with all these feelings. Is the third book easier? And every time they've said, no. 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 <laughs> so just just don't get comfortable. You've maybe, been, sorry, oh, go I was going to say, maybe you should think about it more like with musicians, you know, how they always have that first breakout album and then they have the second album. But then, then it really is for a lot of musicians a lot easier to write the next one. So maybe your trajectory can be more like, you know, a long-term musician as opposed to yeah. these other writers. Because you I, I love the craft crossed. the same as, you know, a lot of the musicians do. Exactly. Some of these writers we're talking about. So. <laughs> well, that's, I, I hope that's true. I mean, I learned, what I learned is, um, and it took me an, an awful long time to figure this out, but I learned that it's uh, just not to compare it. You know, for, for a long time I was thinking, is it is it too like the Nowhere Child or is it not enough like the Nowhere Child? And as soon as I decided, just oh, forget it, just put that aside and do the next thing. Just write a good book. That was really, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So hopefully I can carry that through. To the third one, fingers crossed. So you've uh, contracted for a couple more books. Yeah, Firm Press? yeah. Firm Press have signed me up for books three and four, which That's is fantastic. So exciting. What does your schedule look like? Uh, it looks uh, crazy because <laughs> uh, for the rest of this, because I've got a um, uh, uh, co-created a TV show for Netflix, so that's the rest of this year is just crazy busy for that. And then, I mean, ideally next year, I'll just be able to sit down in January and have six months writing the, the or, you know, writing the first draft. But um, it definitely won't happen. It, it Yeah, I keep saying yes to things, so we'll, we'll see. It's very hectic, but I kind of, it's a good problem to have when you've got a lot of work on, you know, it's sort of, and I think because I spent so many years writing, uh, 
you know, I worked a million casual jobs before I could write full time. And I think I spent so long writing after hours and on weekends that I'm kind of used to trying to fit it, it all in. So now yeah. I just get my whole days to do that. So it's kind of kind of lucky. Pretty exciting. Have you have you kind of nutted out the, the ideas for the third book? Or yeah, you kind of still in that process? I've I've got a pretty solid plan. But uh, as always happens, I usually get about halfway through and my plan is derailed by some new idea or some loophole that I didn't think about. But yeah, pretty, I'm actually really excited to sit down and actually write, but I haven't started. I've, I've got the meaty plan and we'll, um, we'll see if it works out. And another standalone? Another standalone. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. One of these days I'd love to write a series, but um, it won't be for yeah, yeah, a while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of series, uh, No Way Child was option for a television series. Will we see it on the screen soon? Hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully there there's, might be some news. I'm like stumbling now. There might be some news coming hopefully soon. Uh, but yeah, it was optioned and that's all still still in the process of um, of being worked out. Sorry yeah, for being so vague no, and mysterious. Right. <laughs> I don't know how it works. It's, yeah, you, you never know. You never, yeah, exactly. It and then it's so good. Yeah, and either you're not allowed to say it or you say it and you're worried you'll jinx it or yep. yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Um, it has been such a pleasure to have you here. Um, and, yeah, I just can't wait for this book to sort of go out there and for people to pick it up and love it. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's always so exciting to be here. So thank you. Thanks so much. And you can buy both of Christian's books uh, and his new one, which is we're going to write very soon, uh, from <laughs> booktopia.com.au right now. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget, for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.